What's up? It's your pal once you get started, and this is The Bar is Low. Every episode, we take a look at a fan fiction or a collection of fan fictions, and these can be either good, bad, or in between, but mostly, they're bad. I bet the author of the fic which we're going to be talking about today would be mortified if she found out that this review exists. Not because I'm going to trash this or tear it apart. In fact, it's much better than most of the shit I cover here, but then again, the bar is low, and I usually do target the worst stuff I can find, but she'd be mortified because she wrote this in 2011 when she was 15. So that's the type of thing we're talking about. I know you're probably recoiling in horror, but really, this isn't actually bad. It's a fun story. This is a fun episode. This is actually my first relief episode before doing something really fucked up, because next week we're starting a series, and oh boy, that's going to be a trip. However, today, there isn't any sexual content in this, and it's just a nice time. I am going to be kind of nitpicky about this, but it is more because I'm going to use this fic to explore body swaps as they're portrayed in entertainment, especially comedy. Not because I hold 15-year-olds writing fanfiction online to the highest of standards, or really because I hold any fanfiction online to any standards at all, but I just kind of wanted to talk about that subgenre of comedy a little bit. So this fic is going to be centered around Aang and Ozai. Did you know that some people actually ship them? But we're not going to talk about that today, but I bring that up just because the internet never ceases to amaze me. That's not part of this fic. We're here to have fun, live, laugh, yeet. So the writing, yeah, it's 15-year-old writing. Choppy sentences, plot convenience is everywhere, pacing is a little bit weird, like it's too fast, and the grammar is not great, but it's passable. It's 2012 humor, but like, hey, it's pretty fucking good. A lot of funny bits. I just kind of wanted to read this thing without having to take notes and pick it apart because it was more enjoyable that way. So, let's begin. Jose, just angsted in prison because that's just how it be sometimes but suddenly whomst is thrown inside his cell with Hama because Aang was just like you know she did some fucked up shit might as well just put her in jail while we're trying everyone for war crimes so she's like a you fucker when she gets to see who's in that cell with her kind of weird that they just throw her in a cell with him of all people as in not just that it's a coincidence but that he should probably be in like solitary confinement or some shit because he's the worst and did the most crimes but he's like Hey, don't hate me anymore. They took away my vending. All of it. What, as opposed to some of it? I personally had canon that he can still shoot fire out of his dick. Penis firebending is a staple and a trademark of when Shikistotikus works. It's criminally underused, just saying. So she's like, well, that fucking avatar, fuck him, I guess. Anyway, I have a plan to get us out because I am evil and I have plans. I just want y'all to know that I once read a fic where she was his adoptive mom and she was also trying to fuck him the whole time. My god, that fic was wild for many reasons. But anyways, squad's all together. Zuko sounds like he's asking everyone on a date when he says, will you go to prison with me? Like, he's asking you to prom, but it's prison. So he's like, yeah, come to prison with me because I need to see my dad. We have unfinished business. So yeah, angles with him because plot. I actually think I have seen one other body swap between these two, but it was a one shot and much more serious in tone because it was when they were doing their energy bending thing and their souls were connected or whatever. But here, ya boy, he just has to say some magic words that Hama teaches him and stare straight into Aang's soul and then boom, they did the switch now. And he wakes up, he's like, wait, 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 what happened again? Why do I sound like a prepubescent adolescent? Oh fuck, wait. My hair, oh my god, what happened to my fucking gorgeous flowing hair? Honestly, just the concept of their voices being switched alone is enough to amuse me. 
so Han was just like, God damn it, stop being a bitch about your hair. And Zuko comes in. It's so weird because like he's buddies with Aang, right? But no, secretly he's dead. And Nose's just like, hmm, don't think I've ever seen my son happy before. Little bitch doesn't deserve it. I'm gonna ruin his life so hard. So they head back, and Zuko realizes that Aang, quote unquote, is acting weird and forgetting a lot of shit that he should know. He's just like, Yeah, I think I hit my head. And Zuko's like, You have amnesia? And he's like, Yeah, I have amnesia. Ha ha ha. Totally. So this does bring up another criticism I have for the body swap concept on whole. Obviously, you can't have them knowing everything that the other person knows, for comedy's sake. But they didn't just switch bodies, they switched brains too. So theoretically, Ozai should have all things memories and knowledge. All that's in there, in his brain, which is in his body, the only thing that changes is the consciousness occupying and controlling the abandoned brain and the machinery with all that shit in it, also kind of raises some questions about what is the avatar, like is it attached to Aang's body or his soul, like so what's the deal with that? That's like kind of answered, but I'm just gonna skip over that honestly because I do want to talk in a more general sense about body swap. So you can't really have them knowing what's in each other's heads because it's not really funny or good at driving the plot in this instance. The only other times, or only time maybe, I've seen body swap or anything kind of like that take into account the brain is when it isn't based around comedy and then it is convenient to the plot just like how them not knowing what's in each other's heads is inconvenient to the plot in comedy which makes it like convenient to the plot if, if you get what i'm saying like all the inconveniences drive the plot forward whereas in other genres knowing what's in each other's heads moves everything forward so yeah, it's just something that kind of bothers me a little bit about the genre but at the same time you can't do away with that kind of trope for various reasons so let's get back to this let's get back to this bitch Ozai. he comes he meets the squad he's like oh fuck what if the avatar has a girlfriend and in, in fact Katara does run up to him and hug him and he's like oh my god this is so awkward i'm like 30 years older than her thank you <laughs> My god, is the bar ever so low? Because, b b believe it or not, Katara Ozai is a ship that people have written content for, and they all be like, age gap, pedophilia? I don't know what that is. I just never learned. So yeah, why the fuck am I impressed that this man does not want to fuck a 14-year-old girl? Because the bar is low. So they were also talking about Aang learning sword fighting in the first chapter and then Sokka asked Ozai about that again. This is a quote. He says, sword fighting? I would never choose such an inferior art of offense. Firebending is my choice. And they're all like, Aang, what the fuck? But he's like, oh yes, yeah, sword fighting? Yeah. Y'all are hallucinating me saying crazy shit. So next day, Ozai and Katara, and just seeing their names together almost sends me into a blind rage, but the worst they do is hold hands and she kisses him on the cheek a few times. They do some waterbending practice and he manages to do a little bit and he's like, oh fuck yeah, I'm the best who just waterbended on their first try. That's right, it's me, bitches. Mmm, go me. And I dabbed on his behalf. I dabbed on his behalf because I'm terrible. But Katara's just like, Aang, that was fucking awful. Meanwhile, Aang awakens. He's in prison. He's like, what the fuck? Who am I? And he learns he's not himself anymore by looking down and seeing that he's in a prison uniform. But he's also shirtless. And I don't know why he wasn't like, since when have I been fucking shredded? Instead of since when have I been a prisoner? <laughs> 
and he is in the cell with Hama who repeatedly tells him how hopeless his situation is until he just yells shut up wench at her and she shuts up so he's gonna get moved to a prison in Bossing Bay so Zuko can have easier access to him because he needs help to find his mom so one thing I do find kind of weird is that hardly anyone recognizes Ozo by sight like Aang's boarding the boat they have to check off his name and the dude like yeah doesn't recognize him but the name he recognizes he's like Ozai fuck you you should be dead as fuck and Aang's just like can I get on the fucking boat mate so he goes to sit by this one tiny skinny dude who looks harmless out of this whole shit full of thugs and they become friends this dude Chen is weeping because he was arrested for a petty crime he didn't even commit and he won't get to see his fiance for a long time either Aang is trying to feel sympathetic to him and he's like I love someone too and I don't know when I'll see her again her name's Katara. And, you know, because Aang's in an adult body, Chen asks if they have any children on, and I was triggered. I'm haunted by those all those Kataros I think I read, seriously. So he's giving relationship advice to this dude. He's just like, love is worth waiting for. And then one of the other criminals looks over at him and recognizes him as Loza. And Aang's like, oh, fuck. I've got to stop being so sensitive while inside a dictator's body. Shen tries to ask him what his name is. And he's like, oh, uh, what? Fuck. What's my name? And he's like, oh, Lee. My name's Lee. Because he can't say that he's Aang. But he also can't say that he's Ozai. Because that would just ruin everything. Besides, Ozai isn't dating Guitar. Good, they'd better fucking not be and Chen doesn't find anything strange about Aang not knowing his own name but you know whatever they get to the jail and he winds up in the same cell as Chen and they're like oh friendship yeah and then one of the guards is like yo Fire Lord Zuko is visiting your ass tomorrow so be ready and Chen's like whoa that's wild you must have fucked up real bad for the Fire Lord to be visiting you and Aang's just like long story I'm definitely not his father or his great-grandfather, either. Um, neither of those things. So we just switch back to Ozai's perspective. He's confused about everything. Which is, like, same. There's this council meeting with the White Lotus, and they have to discuss some issues about a rebellion from Ozai's supporters. And they ask him what they should do about it, and he's just like, I will do my best to stop this. And there's just silence. And Iroh's like, um, what exactly will you do? So he just bullshit something. Also, this is going to be a major plot thread for the rest of this. He also learns that it's going to be Aang's birthday soon and everyone will be celebrating him. And he cannot bullshit his way through that much attention. Then he's like, oh, it's just a party. It's not like the world won't be mine after that. And we do get the scene of Aang trying to convince Zuko that he's not Ozai. And it's not, it, it does not go well. And I got kind of some secondhand embarrassment from this. He just like comes right out and he's like, I'm not your real dad, I'm your boy, Aang. Please help me, please. Sifu hot, man. And Aang's like dropping all these names of like their friends in hopes that Zuko will believe him, but Zuko's like, Dad, you're crazy. We're sending you to the asylum with Azula. And so Zuko returns very dejected and he's telling Katara about all the shit that Aang said. And then it was like enters the room and Katara goes to kiss his cheek and he's just like, Ugh, and recoils. And Zuko realizes that something is up. Oh my god, guys, how much worse would it be if Ozai let her be affectionate? And if he reciprocated it, oh my god. But this shit's too G-rated for that. Like, I kept expecting them to compare dicks. Because, like, they obviously had to look at each other's dicks because they switched bodies and they have to fucking pee. But they didn't. Like, the actual show was racier than this. 
they referenced Ozai's dick in the show, but nothing here. So Zuko wants to test his theory now that it's not really Aang, so he takes him out for some training where, you know, he's just masterfully firebending and doing all these advanced techniques that he should not know. And then Zuko asks him to do an air scooter. He's like, what the fuck is that? Zuko just runs away. That and that is my favorite reaction to anything. Just like in a bad situation, fucking run away. Just flee. Vacate the premises. And then Zuko does go to the prison because he has to talk Tang. But nope. He ain't there because Shen is an earthbender and he's escaped with his help. And these two are going to go try to find Aang's friends in Bossing Say, but Zuko's sending some motherfuckers after them. Here, Aang has to confess to his true identities, both of them, to Chen, and he's just like, What up? They calling me Ozai these days, but I'm really your 13 year old lord and savior, your boy Aang. And Chen does end up believing him. Oh my god, this next scene. <laughs> This scene, this is the scene where Katara unknowingly drags Ozai on a romantic walk. They're just like holding hands and he's like, what is love, baby? Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. No, seriously, what's love? I don't know what it is. She's asking him all these questions like, have you ever loved anyone else? And he's like, Katara, I'm a sociopath. I literally cannot feel love. I mean, uh, no, I haven't had a crush on another girl. God, why are we talking about all of this gushy stuff? Why don't we talk about something like power or destruction? And she's asking, have people ever liked you before? I mean, there was that girl, Mang, at the fortune tellers. Did you think she was pretty? And he's like, um, what? Not as pretty as you. Oh, is that you smooth motherfucker? He's on his way to steal you, girl. So she goes to kiss him at the end of the walk. But he's like, nope, not happening. I am a grown ass man, actually. And he also runs away. I am so grateful for this. I cannot stress enough how low the bar is that I am elated that he does not want to fuck a 14-year-old girl. Not only that he doesn't want to fuck her, but he actively does not want to fuck her. Because I have read shit you can only imagine, but this is a happy episode. So if you want to find out what that shit is, go listen to the What Were You Thinking series at your own risk, of course. So we got our main two subplots here. Aang's international birthday party with all the screaming fans and cool shit. And then there's the people searching for Aang and Chen because they escaped from prison. Everyone's congratulating Ozai for Aang's birthday, except Zuko. Who knows what's up? When they prompt Zuko to say something, he's just like, I'm glad you lived to be 13 and didn't die. <laughs> they get a notice that Aang has been caught. They're taking him back to jail and Zuko's freaking out because he needs to talk to him again now that he leaves the story. And meanwhile, Ozai's just like, yeah, um, Ozai got captured. That's good. Third person, bitch. Then Aang does escape the prison wagon again because Chen is an earthbender. Chen also keeps forgetting that he is an earthbender, which I feel like is the author also forgetting that he's an earthbender and not wanting to delete her own writing. Like, I've been there, but the best thing is just to delete it and make it clean. But the concept of Aang just singing happy birthday to himself in a prison wagon as Uwe is, for some reason, much funnier to me than the happy scene we actually get, which is him as they run away, hearing the drums for his procession and just being like, here it come, bitches, happy fucking birthday to me. Meanwhile... The Avatar's screaming fans are hanging out at the party and Ozai is suffering. He's like, uh, everyone I hate is here and one of them's bound to see through my axe. My life is shit. Honestly, relatable. 
<laughs> so I feel at any given social gathering, like just uncomfortable. I'm just like putting on a performance for other people. I'm not even like trying because I don't have that in me. He's also not even trying that hard. He just doesn't want to be there. Me as fuck though. <laughs> so Aang and Shen finally make it to the party hall and Zuko lets them in because he knows what's up now. And when they get in, Aang just waves and he's like, hi, Katara. But she's freaking out because it doesn't look like him, obviously. And it's like a fucking faint. Again, this is another critique of body swaps as a whole. The concept of seeing your own body in the flesh, especially with someone else controlling it, must be super fucked up to witness. Imagine hearing your own recorded voice, which I hear my own recorded voice all the time because I edit this podcast myself, but most people freak out. Like, imagine that, but seeing yourself. It's like a whole new level of that. Because that is just not supposed to ever happen naturally. They don't make a big deal about it. Oza is just like, I'ma kill myself, yeet, and starts attacking everyone now that his body has showed up to the party. Then he actually does fulfill his promise to Hama. Out of character, I say. People are his pawns, but she must have something else to offer him. Probably assistance in a fight, I guess. And he does that super fast air running thing to get back to the Fire Nation prison where she is, and he's just screaming in elation like, yes, the world shall be mine. I am the Phoenix King. Imagine that in Aang's voice, though. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing, like, my feeble attempt at an evil voice. Let me read that in Aang's voice, or my attempt at it. Yes, the world shall be mine! I am the Phoenix King! There we go. It's more like it. Much more evil. So here's a quote for which this episode is named. It's good to be free, she said. Then she ran out of the prison with Ozai falling behind her. So any ideas on how to get to Bao Say, Hama asked. Ozai looked at her with a puzzled face. You're the witch, can't you like teleport or something? Uh, no, Hama said. Ozai sighed while Hama climbed onto his back. Hold on tight, he said, shooting off with the speed of the wind. Can't you go a little slower? This isn't good for my back, Hama screamed at Ozai as the sheer speed made it impossible to hear anything. Oh, okay, I'm sorry that we have to postpone world domination just because of your old back as i shouted back so then this insanity occurs as hama and it was like try to fight a shit ton of people at once and this motherfucker enters the avatar state and finally decides to step into the spotlight once Ozai's about to kill katara see this is the type of thing i want to see katara and Ozai doing together trying to fucking kill each other not trying to fuck then we do kind of get a deus ex machina ending and i think it is like actually kind of more literally a deus ex machina because ang prays to the spirits for the help and they actually do so yeah it is kind of literally god's helping them out prayers don't work in real life don't try this at home kids take direct action to change your life so they switch back but they're both in the spirit world Ozai is just groveling like a fucking bitch in front of roku because i guess he's there and roku's all like you a terrible person if you can even be called a person a fucking savage well at least he's not a pedophile in this one haha <laughs> could be worse Noza is just like a sorry i i guess roku's like okay apology accepted when i read this i was like oh what but then roku does continue and he tells him that he still hasn't escaped his punishment so then ang wakes up in his own body and they're all happy and shit yay our villains are screaming curses like you fools you cannot do this to me and that's how they know that everyone really switched back and then the bad guys go to jail we're all chilling it's all good katara and ang have a little romantic moment where she confesses that she accidentally almost kissed Ozai, but he ran away just in time she kisses ang and she's like like, now that I couldn't do with Ozai. I mean, theoretically, you could, according to a lot of people. 
because fuck you that's why the ending the last chapter here more of an epilogue than anything uh, that's chen going to meet his fiance again and they get married and everything's back to normal cute credits so this is a fun little read pretty quick to get through flawed but enjoyable written by an experienced 15 year old what do you expect but good time i hope this girl kept writing got better and didn't let people discourage her and you shouldn't let people discourage you you have to write to get better at writing so keep writing if you're a writer unless you're writing incest porn please don't write incest porn because incest porn is gross so that was switched by OOO Dream Writer Girl OOO No Spaces. The Bar is Low is on Instagram. You can find us at The Bar is Low with an underscore in between each word. Follow us, you'll know what's coming up next. I'm your pal once you get This is The Bar is Low. Thank you for joining me, and that's all for today.